Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the program. I'm your host tonight, Keelthor. With me, as usual, are the unknowns. She's a true sell. St- uh, she's a. T- <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> we're we're leaving that in. <laughs> she's a she's a Sheila from down under. Her name is Stella Q. Stella Q. G'day there. I'm canceling that chick. <laughs> and we have another wonderful lady with us tonight. She is the Atlantic Connector. You all know her as Jackie. Hey. And my old pal, America's sweetheart. Everybody give a big hand for Justin Theism Cant. Hello. I believe that's Swedish for hello. Is it? Exotic. According. Oh, can you guys hear this? Hello. Hello. Yeah, I can hear that. So uh, we have put out a new episode uh, this week so far, I believe. Um, But this is the first, at least the first Union of the Unknowns presents Not Your Mama's News episode that we've done in at least a week or two, right? It's been a little bit of a break. Yep. Lazy bums. Sorry we didn't post a big sign up to let everybody know that we were going to be gone for a week, but... Our editor decided it was okay for him to go on vacation, which was, but, and he did not uh, approve it with HR in advance. So we're really sorry about that, people. Don't worry, he'll be taken care of and we'll get fired at some point. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. At any rate, we've got some great stories to tell you guys tonight. Um, So I think to kick it off. We got Jackie with something going on in the news. Jackie? Oh, yeah. So I am kicking it off with the Project Veritas, which I think is super interesting. And so it's interesting that Project Veritas uh, with James O'Keefe, first of all, I'm just going to say that uh, he would blow people up in the companies and stuff like that and it's ironic that not necessarily the videotape but something similar kind of happened to him which although i like the stuff that they do but in the end we still always reap what we sow regardless of whether it's good or bad right so that's the first thing the second thing is is that i find it interesting that all that james o'keefe as soon as right after the pfizer uh, bust is all of a sudden when he had to step down from um, he had to step down from Project Veritas. Now, if anybody doesn't know, it's a 503 b They have to have a board of uh, board of directors, and they get to decide whether he gets to stay or go. And you got to have people vote in and vote out. So all of a sudden, he needed some rest after the Pfizer thing. For PTO, and then what was interesting is that you know Project Veritas is nothing without James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe is Project Veritas. He founded it. He became the face of it. He's the one that gave the 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 stories and broke some of the hottest things out there. And also, there was a letter that I found actually on Twitter that was from the law firm. Troutman Pepper Hamilton Sanders LLP that stated uh, this was a letter to Project Veritas board members. It's, I'll just read the first paragraph. You guys can, we'll have the link to the Twitter feed in the show notes. But it just says, Dear Project Veritas board members, our firm represents a large group of significant donors to Project Veritas who have grave concerns about the board of directors directors reported action to remove founder and CEO James O'Keefe from his leadership position, change the structure of the Project Veritas entities and our boards, raising risk for the entity's charitable status, and operate Project Veritas for purposes other 
than those for which the organization was established. By taking or threatening to take these actions, the BORB is straying from its roots and the express purpose for which it raised considerable funds from the public, including our clients. We are concerned that the board may already be acting in violation of Virginia charitable solicitation and trust law and ask that the board refrain from taking further action to fundamentally undermine the purposes for which Project Veritas was established. We ask the funds donated to Project Veritas be preserved and not spent for purposes uh, not contrary to those for which they were uh, not spent, wait, preserved and not spent for purposes not contrary. That would have, I think that was supposed to say for purposes contrary to those for which they were, that doesn't make sense. Because not contrary means they can basically do whatever they want with the funds, I would think, right? So what yeah. do you guys think about that? This this letter came from the major donors to the Project Veritas? It came from the law firm. Apparently that was representing the donors, allegedly. Okay. It was by email February 9th, 2023. But who knows, it could have been from James O'Keefe. Uh, exclusive obtained a cease and desist demand letter sent to Project Veritas Board of Directors by a law firm representing a large group of significant private uh, Project Veritas donors. So I guess the charitable version of the shareholders, right? Yeah, of the donors, of the donors, of people saying, right. here's $5 because I like what you're doing. Although right. they probably invested millions because it looks like they got like 23 million last year so does the is this because i know in a you know in a corporation the shareholders can say can vote the board out or whatever because they're disagree with how things are running uh, is that the same way that this works in a charitable organization because it seems like no, that, i don't know i don't think they're shareholders i, I know actually I read over it. I was actually trying to find it um, in Discord, but I am. I had not it in the topic section. Seeing it it's off the top of my head. Um, let's see. Because, um, yeah, so they wouldn't have any legal standing to make demands on it. Um, right. Hold on. I'm getting paywalled um because yeah because it's it's not like it's a publicly traded company or anything yeah um it's just a profit well since when does i mean epic times it's not a paywall but it's like a sign up to continue reading it's like no i'm not oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah no yeah. you can just uh yeah that was oh yeah i posted that too but yeah, i'm with you justin so, I, I i think this letter is significant but i don't I don't think it really has any legal weight to it. Well, there was a um, uh, clause in there. So I think it was filed in Virginia. And they did specify a specific state law um, about charities that would be rel that could have been relevant um i'm not really familiar with it though god damn it. hold on let me continue oh, with can i just ask a question here yeah go ahead so um yeah. is that did you say that was a not-for-profit organization project veritas yeah yeah okay thank you yeah it seems like maybe the project veritas chair uh charter is being violated and this letter is making that claim perhaps yeah and... oh i was i was looking at the wrong thing but okay. it does look like they've also lost hundreds of thousands of followers here we go project veritas board of keys director says o'keefe suspended indefinitely amid probe and to excessive spending oh that's interesting that was today so it looks so like... So that's why he's been suspended, is it? Yeah. Because he's, he's spent too So now too they're much. trying to... That's what they're saying now, but that wasn't what I initially found, but that was released today. Um, it's funny timing, so it, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, isn't everything timed perfectly anymore? I don't know. It's a very yeah. sarcastic comment. <laughs> <laughs> but um, according to what was filed, um, it's under the Virginia Charitable Solicitation and Trust Law. Uh, Virginia Charitable Solicitation Law makes clear that funds soli solicited for a specific purpose must be used for the solicited purpose. And funds raised by general appeals must be used for the general purposes of the charitable organizations. Additionally, schemes to defraud or obtain money or property by any misrepre misrepresentation or misleading statement are strictly prohibited in charitable solicitations. Um, so I don't think that this is going to go anywhere, uh, really, because... As from what I can ascertain, they're basically suing. I, I don't know if it's necessarily. I think it sounds. It's more like a cease and desist to me. Yeah. Uh, not a lawyer. Oh, that's the uh, kind of letter it was. But I mean, more recent news looks like they're now trying to smear him. Yeah. Uh, with saying that he's just like overspending money and stuff. Yeah, it just sounds like a smear campaign to me. It also sounds like a script. So, over to you. Yeah. yeah. I think well, it's just so coincidental that this just of... comes out right after Pfizer. True or yeah. not, it's just yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's, distraction. It's like a, a their their claim is that the the board is defrauding the donors now because they're doing things contrary to their you know initial charter. I and guess. that's it's well, wild. And I mean that's what they're they're going after, but at the same time, it's just like I don't think it's going to go anywhere because they can just say like, you know, you, the funds that we raise through solicitation are you know meant to be um, applied as how the board sees fit. I'm sure that's in their you know five hundred one c three. Just wondering why they've sort of what what was that triggered this? Was there a sudden audit, or what, was there a particular incident? I don't know. I really haven't looked into it, but well, well shortly it after, yeah. Sorry, it was shortly after they did the Pfizer um, guy. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like reveal or take out. I'm not sure what exactly. Uh, Scene. <laughs> Yeah, gotcha. and allegedly he was event. trying to fire this. Maybe that's why he was trying to fire the CFO or something. Maybe, yeah, I maybe know. because he was. I, I allegedly, I think he was like trying to fire the CFO or something, and then they turned around and pushed him out instead. And then they had this smear campaign of these letters, and then all of a sudden it's financial. Like, which one is it? Is it? Is it he was trying to fire the CFO? So that would link up with that. Is it that people came together about how abusive he was? Is it, what is it? Which one is it? Like they seem to have so many different stories coming out now. Yeah, uh, clearly the bottom line here is that there is turmoil going, turmoil going on in the behind the scenes at Project Veritas. And I, I don't see any other thing to pin it on except for this the the recent Pfizer expose I guess the word we were looking for yeah um yeah. and that's caused a huge shakeup and so we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out I suppose I'd kind of like to know who the major um donor is with Project Veritas not that we've got to get our hands Pfizer. on that information but uh, yeah it's probably Pfizer <laughs> or the Biden well campaign. I mean it's a nonprofit, Trump. so it yeah. should be um, could be Trump. accessible per law, I would imagine. Again, not a lawyer, but yeah, they keep it, public documents. They have the right to donate anonymously. That's part yeah. of being a five hundred one c three. Virginia, I guess it's based in Virginia. The the Project Veritas is correct, so and they're suing under the Virginia. On basically virginia fraud charitable fraud act yeah so based on virginia law whether or not we can view who the donors are or not yeah i don't know i i've 
Project Veritas has always seemed fishy to me. It's just like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think that they actually give the raw video footage. Everything seems to be highly edited and um, not necessarily scripted, but, you know, it just, it all just seemed way too perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a red flag. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of um, world leaders that are stepping down at the moment too, which is kind of obviously fishy. Um, It's almost like, well, they've played their part. Um, he's not far away from a bunker either. <laughs> I mean, he's out. definitely uh, been extremely silent for someone who's so vocal and whose mission was to, you know, speak out against injustices. He's been remaining really quiet. So I wonder if, like, he was, you know, threatened to be suicided or something. You know, allegedly, who's to know? We don't know any of that information. But it's all speculation. Yeah. So, but that's it. That's my story. All right. Yeah, it's good to know. Good to know. Keep our eye on this, you know, because if if all of the stuff we're looking at is real, which, you know, we know, who knows what's real and what's not. But if it's if it is real, um, then this could potentially be a, a big thing. But. You know, these days, nothing is really is as big as it should be when it looks like it could be big. So, I mean, I'm, I'm skeptical, but there's some potential there, I suppose. Uh, all right, so Justin has a story. Justin does have a story, and he was not looking at how to find AI gener- or how to create AI-generated gener- hentai. So he is not <laughs> frantically clicking back to his story. Um, oh, nobody yeah, even that suggested would, that. Yeah, that would be weird. Um, so anyways, uh, getting back on track here. Um, right. So this is, it's, it's all, I actually have three different stories pulled up here. Um, and it's, this is just one of those things that re- it's just really weird. Um, so for years, I've been seeing these stories. Um, they pop up every now and then. Um, I actually spotted two in the last couple days or so that kind of, you know, made me bring this. Um, one is from Insider.com, which is an Italian woman suddenly started speaking English with a Canadian accent after a... Uh, some sort of surgery. I uh, b- 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 is it brain surgery? Well, it's. I had a better version pulled up, um, but uh, yeah. So she just starts speaking English with a Canadian accent uncontrollably. Um, another one from FoxNews.com. North Carolina man developed uncontrollable Irish accent during a prostate cancer treatment. Um, Researchers said the man developed foreign accent syndrome 20 months into his treatment and it remained until his death. How long ago, how long after his treatment was his death? Uh, You know I don't read. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, I mean, if he if he died two weeks later, okay. But if he, you know, it doesn't mean anything. But if he died, you know, twenty years later, then that would be a significant, you know, commitment to the accent. Well, the patient who was only identified as a man in his fifties was presumably afflicted with foreign accent syndrome after receiving androgen deprivation therapy and being prescribed at a abiraterone assay and prednisone and the report said excuse me the report said that the man lived in england during his 20s had friends and family from ireland but never visited the country or spoke with a foreign accent his accent was uncontrollable present in all settings gradually became persistent the four researchers wrote in the report adding that it first began 20 months into um his treatment uh, that's really 
about all it the info. Sorry, they give did us you say it. it first? It first began twenty months into his treatment. Correct. That's odd. Are you also saying that Irish Irish folks uh, sound like they've had brain damage? <laughs> so I'm not saying that. Uh, but it, it kind of sounds like that's the parallel you're trying to draw here. I'm not, I'm yeah, not they, saying they leave that. Leave that to the Guinness. <laughs> but the British Medical Journal might have a different conclusion than I. And I happen to be drinking we, an Irish red. <laughs> when you well, prepared earlier. I, I, I really wish Terrence was here for this one because we've actually had brief um, uh, conversations on this before. But here's the one that's really mind-blowing. And is it, isn't it, is it true that like we only use like 20% of our brain or something? I feel like uh, that might've been like uh, a myth or something. Um, but there's just one of those things. I think it was on, was it on the underground podcast? We were talking about um, instinct and just like how things are like genetically um like just like stuck in our brain yeah hardwired in there and this is what's really fascinating to me this is from (laughs) forgive my story it's an aggregate of different stories uh brobible.com um (laughs) and the headline there is these six people all woke up from a coma speaking a foreign language and that's what's really fascinating to me. Um, so Can just to I, knock um, a, I'm sorry, go did ahead. Did you say that you just read that? Sorry, man. Did you just say that you read that from something or other Bible.com? Bro Bible, B-R-O. Like, hey, bro. Bible. Yeah, bro Bible. Bible.com. Oh, okay. But it's just an aggregate. Bro that yeah, um, it's just an <laughs> aggregate of different stories condensed into one. Yeah, no, I just I wanted to relate something I was going to say anyway. Um, which was there's been a number of you know stories I haven't seen it from my own eyes of people who've been prayed over um, have received um, prayer maybe you know healing hands on healing uh, uh, exorcisms who have then started speaking foreign languages and I'm not just talking about speaking in tongues as in acts um, states but I'm talking about actual languages like foreign languages that they don't know so yeah it's it's happened in other situations allegedly um, i've heard it many times though i, I don't doubt in spiritual realms and I, I think i've usually heard it in in uh, more not so much western countries but th- i mean there's a lot of countries out there who are especially like i'm thinking more like indonesia asia they're sort of very very spiritual just by default so i do know from different churches that, that I've been involved with in the past when they've done, um, you know, trips over like mission type trips, they've come back with some incredible stories. And I really don't think that those people were lying to their fellow church people um, of incredible moves of the spirit and different things that have happened in the physical realm as a result. So yeah, it's in that can't really prove it, but interesting sort of category. Yeah. Yeah. There And I mean, there are so many stories that have come out over the decades where it's just one of those things where it's like something's going, I mean, we don't know really how the human brain functions like at all. Um, But clearly there's something in our brains that can be unlocked. And whether it's from like a spirit realm or aliens or if we just have like all of the knowledge in the world in in our brain and different various events can activate, you know, those parts of the brain that just, you know, create, you know, mm. knowledge for lack of a better word. Actually, while we're uh-huh. on this subject, while we're on this subject, I'd really like, cause I was just sort of thinking along the lines of, you know, implants or, um, uh, what do they call them, like targeted individuals, that they do say that they have the, they have the technology to create voices in people's heads, etc. So whether mm. that's true or not, we don't know. Oh, um, uh, that is true. But I, I was just going to say just quickly, um, 
I had this thought yesterday about implants and things. I was, I was kind of a little bit slightly off topic, but we're kind of on topic. Um, I was just thinking, like, why would they want to put implants and things into people um, to make us really smart? Because they don't really want us to be smart. And so I was sort of thinking about that from that angle, but maybe a discussion for another day. But, um, yeah. My thought on that would be, what is smart? Um, so, like... Knowledge. Yeah, I was just like, look at every one of these retards that comes out of the university, and they're out there saying, uh, you know, wearing shake of air shirts and uh, uh, pro uh, linen and Mao Zedong. It's like, these are fucking, not even murders, genocidal murders. But they got, you know, a college degree, so they're intelligent. And that, so yeah. that reminds me of the curve of education of people that got the COVID vaccine. On one end, you have like high school dropouts that were like, hell no, I'm not getting this. And then the it's an arch <laughs> uh, of all the different people, uh, you know, high school graduates, college graduates, and it goes all the way to the other end where the arch declines. And that's when you have like the smartest, like, neurosurgeons and stuff like that where they're like oh hell no mm. so there's like that intersecting line on the graph yeah. all right but, i was um, able to, to... I was gonna, i'm sorry i've been waiting i apologize Gil. but i was just gonna say that when i was uh younger in high school and stuff like that i had a friend tell me once that i would speak spanish in my sleep <laughs> And I hadn't even taken Spanish yet at that point. So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. That is weird. So, yeah. Well, and it's part of that I can, like, sum up to, like, you subconsciously, like, know phrases and sentences and stuff that you've heard around and you don't even necessarily know that you know it. But we're talking about people that it just, like, out of nowhere become fluent in these foreign languages yeah i, I wonder if yeah i uh, became fluent in my sleep it's <laughs> so complex and dense that we all have the ability to be sort of a have a have a photographic memory you know so everything that we see and hear we just absorb it perfectly and store it in the mm -hmm. minutiae you know quantum elements of our brain yeah but we don't have the, we don't have the ability to with you know pull that out like we want to but maybe if you know there's a sort of trauma or something something clicks and i i know a language that i didn't know before well you maybe you overheard somebody talking about it or you saw a tv show about it when you're half awake one night or something like that and well there you go it gets pulled up that could be some that could be part of it. I have a hard time yeah, believing that that somebody who has never, like, truly never heard or spoken or read about another language is magically able to, you know, speak it fluently. That's amazing to me and, and extremely unbelievable. But on the other hand, like you said, I, I mean, I I know there's stuff in the world that happens that it, that you know defies you know, rational thought. So it could be, you know, whatever you want it to be. Maybe we'll never know what this kind of phenomenon is caused by. In insert the ancient aliens meme with the, the fro dude. I'm not saying it's aliens. Yeah. It's aliens, man. It's aliens. I think the takeaway with this is that the subconscious is extremely pliable. And I mean, that's what they've been working on for decades with MKUltra, et cetera. Um, that's what they use um, for the public brainwashing, you know, Operation Mockingbird, etc. Rituals, it all goes into the the lower levels, whether you're conscious or not, it goes in. So, yeah, yeah. backing that up. So you mentioned yep. hearing voices, and I was able to amazingly pull up this uh, this thing I had always kind of keep in a in the back of my mind. It's called microwave auditory effect. If you've yes. ever heard about it, but it's, it's, uh, I'll just read you the definition. Uh, it consists of human perception of audible clicks or even speech. 
induced by pulsed or modulated radio frequency. Communications are generated directly inside the human head without the need of any receiving electronic device. The effect was first reported by persons working in the vicinity of radar transponders during World War II. In 1961, the American neuroscientist Alan H. Frey studied this phenomenon and was the first to publish information on the nature of the microwave auditory effect. The cause is thought to be the thermoelastic expansion of portions of the auditory apparatus, although competing theories explain the results of holographic interferometry tests differently. So when you see, <laughs> when you hear about people saying the CIA is controlling my brain, maybe that's actually true, you know? Uh, yes, there's been many, many claims of um, targeted individuals uh, like last minute before their sudden death, um, calling relatives or family and saying, I'm hearing, I'm hearing them in my head, you know, like I'm hearing the voices when there's nobody there. And I believe, I think, because uh, I was just reading this fairly recently, there was a project or auditory thing called Voice of God. Um, I think that was a CIA thing, might be Project Voice of God or something like that, or that's what they refer to it as. Maybe you could just have a quick look at that. I can't at the moment while I'm looking at the screen. But um, yeah, that seems to come to mind. It just popped yeah. into my mind. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh. And pro tip out there for all y'all. I'm going to tell you next thing. Um, if you're going for a ten foil hat, just know that aluminum is going to have the opposite effects of tin. Yeah. That's And that's <laughs> why you put aluminum foil on like your bunny ears for you know your 1996 uh tv 96 who was using an antenna in 96 cable baby something in the outback you don't need anything more than like the power rangers I'm... on you know the local nbc affiliate i want I'm my mp damn it like I use antennas. I don't pay for cable. Well, but, um, of course not. Nobody uses cable now, but back in '96, that was yeah. what you had was cable. Okay, yeah. sorry. Like 1967. Okay, boomer. <laughs> That's a little better. There we go. <laughs> but anyways, um, so even though none of just... us were alive in '67, but okay. Let me just run through a couple of these real quick. So. Um, Florida man wakes up in Palm Springs speaking Swedish, and um, this one's not even necessarily the language per se, but also, uh, so basically, he was found in a hotel room in 2013. Uh, he's in a coma for four months, and he has no idea who he was, um, and spoke only Swedish. He called himself Johan Eck despite all of his documents saying he was born in Florida as Michael Boatwright. Uh, and then he's quoted saying, the guy Michael, it wasn't me. I'm still Johan. He said uh, through a translator. And then uh, he lived in Japan and China and visited Sweden. Um, and doctors diagnosed the case as transient global amnesia in a fugue state. Fugues, and it could have yeah. been brought on by a traumatic event yeah that's that's um, wild and here's one from that would have uh, been chinese well yeah i'm glad you mentioned china um so here's one from stella's um uh longitude and lad longitude and lad from area. australasia thank you um an australian man speaks in perfect mandarin following an accident um so Ben McMahon studied a foreign language in high school. He learned the basics of Chinese in school. Um, and he emerged from a coma, uh, a week-long coma after being involved in a car accident. And Chinese was all that came out of his mouth. Uh, his inner dialogue switched from English to Chinese. And it wasn't until a Chinese nurse was brought in did things start to make sense. And they actually made a lot of sense as McMahon was so fluent in Chinese that he would later get jobs speaking it for Chinese tours of Melbourne and a Chinese TV show. And he had to relearn English. Oh, uh, man, uh, this sounds like Kevin Rudd. He used to be our prime minister. He'd often break into Mandarin. It was ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, sorry, kids. 
Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind being in a coma for a couple of years if when I woke up, I knew how to make billions of dollars really quick. Just right. saying. <laughs> yeah. I don't pick anything. Pick Mandarin. Just <laughs> one more real quick. Uh, a Czech Speedway rider uh, briefly speaks perfect English. I'm not even going to try and say this dude's name. Uh, but he was 18-year-old Czech Speedway rider in 2007. He was knocked out during a crash. After a brief coma, he woke up speaking perfect English to his ambulance text and in a British accent. It was in a really clear English accent, no dialect or anything. And whatever happened in the crash must have rearranged things in his head. Uh, and before the crash, uh, his use of the English language was broken, to put it mildly. Um, and then, unfortunately for him, it didn't last long. Soon after the accident, he went back to speaking broken English. And they joke, but I'm sure he'll have another crash that will fix that real quick. Yeah. So that's just a few possessed of that. by the spirit of James Bond for a moment or something. I don't know. <laughs> weird, isn't it? Yeah, and that's just a few, few of them that I just pulled up real quick all on the fly. But there's at least dozens, if not hundreds, of these stories over the decades. <clears throat> and it's really just one of those things that makes you make at least makes me wonder if there's some like other realm that we're entering into mm. or you know there's 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 literally no telling it's just one of those yeah. things but do what what made you think to come across this kind of story like did you just happen to see something pop up or something or like yeah i would have never thought recent? of that well if 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 you were listening to <laughs> my intro um, in the past couple of days, I came across an insider article. An Italian woman suddenly started speaking English with a Canadian accent, and a North That's Carolina man developed an uncontrollable Irish accent during prostate cancer treatment. Uncontrollable <laughs> Irish. Okay. My apologies. <clears throat> Shout out, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, so that—that's basically all I have. Um, if you, if the listeners out there have more of these stories, feel free to tweet them at us at Union unknowns on twitter yeah. watch out for those uncontrollable irish people yeah don't don't tweet us with an irish accent because we don't understand that it has to be an american accent thank you <laughs> and and not one of the gay american accents at that yeah not one of those either <clears throat> australian we have a couple british and australian uh translators uh in our ranks so you could that would probably work too all right i've got a story uh, there is the maker of Enfamil, the you know the powdered baby formula, is recalling 145,000 cans of infant formula due to the risk of bacterial infections. And if you remember recently, however long ago that was, months, was that a year ago, year and a half? I don't know, but there was the huge worldwide baby formula shortage. So this is. Yeah. It's so hard to remember when. About a year ago, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, that's why it caught my eye. So I was reading through this, and all right, so they're worried about this bacteria called Chronobacter sakazakii. It's a bacteria that can cause, and then this is what really got me, a rare but life-threatening infections in newborns. Now, as I read through this article, I got more and more perturbed. So the company says no illnesses have been reported and all of the batches have tested negative for the bacteria, calling it an, a, quote, isolated situation. So then I'm thinking, all right, so why are they recalling this? Uh, they're, they're asking for people who purchase the affected product to dispose of it or return it to the place of purchase for total refund. <clears throat> says the root cause was linked to a material from a third party. It's pretty ambiguous. They've taken all the appropriate corrective actions, including no longer sourcing the material from the supplier. The recall specifically concerns 12.9 ounce containers of the plant-based formula that were manufactured uh, in 2022 and sold to retail stores in US, Puerto Rico, and Guam. 
and then it has details as to you can look on the can and there's a little number on the back you can check it all right so <clears throat> all of that sounds like pretty average uh recall stuff although they didn't find any of the bacteria it was just like a possible risk of an already rare bacteria mm. um <clears throat> says oh so the the name chronobacter if, if that said uh, is the same bacteria behind the abbott nutrition formula recalls that contributed to the nationwide baby formula shortage last year so maybe they're just, you know, overreacting, but it mm, says... It's a big but. But, yeah. Um, I like big butts big and I butts. cannot lie. <laughs> yes, please vamp while I, I pull up my next point here. You ever the, notice how the mom breast milk out of her boobie is never... Uh, we've never had to do recalls or ever had to worry about bacteria and right. the mom's fresh breast milk. Well, there's a whole, yeah. there's a whole mm -hmm. host of other issues with that, with different drugs that people take and that comes through the breast milk. Yeah, especially right, since 2021. Like what really, really concerns me are all these, quote, trans men having babies i had to think about it for a second that have a baby and then they're no let me here's a even worse one that's happening and that is men that want to be women are taking drugs in order to produce lactation so that they can breastfeed their babies and if that's yeah, if that's not child abuse, I don't know what is. That's just free. Yeah, it's just human humanity abuse. So it, it goes on to say uh, chronobacter germs are found naturally in the environment and can live in dry foods like powdered milk or infant formula. The CDC says that getting sick from, from the bacteria is rare. Two to four cases are reported each year. Though that's likely an undercount, it says, but still, two to four. Um, I'd, I'd like to know where those cases got them from. Like, was it baby formula? Or yeah, else? so the whole thing is they're re recalling whole batches of this baby formula due to a supposed risk from a third party of something they haven't even found that, that only gets reported in two to four cases each year. And that's not just in babies. That's total two to four cases of people humans having some kind of reaction to this bacteria that's found in nature so if if a company is going to this length to to protect its customers especially young customers over all of this why the hell are we not taking the same precautions with uh covid vaccinations that's where my my how whole my dare brain. Dare you was. ask those questions? Yeah, how dare I? But because I'm just curious. Vaccinations are safe and effective. We know vaccinations. These especially are these safe ones. And effective. They are they are safe and effective. They have side effects, and people that are one safe of the and effective is death. <laughs> and there we are have a more, thinking person over here. More than two to four people die just from taking the vaccination. Now. The benefits may outweigh the risks, but if okay. you're going to pitch a fit over over two to four possible illnesses of something that hasn't even been discovered, but what you're missing is that, that even, logic? In those, even in those cases of death, those deaths are safe and effective. You try to put logic in here, man. You just haven't learned, have you? I haven't. I have not learned. My rational the brain cannot, cannot comprehend this illogical world, clown world in which we live. Not your mama's news. Thank you. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Not really. Are we still rolling? Okay. <laughs> Don't go. <laughs> that, that, was, that was my story. I was just kind of agitated by the whole concept. Um, and, and I don't know. Maybe there's, there's more behind, you know. 
you can maybe you can draw some conspiracy lines from this going to the shortage from last year. It's the same bacteria. Who knows? Well, was but the recall the plant-based version of it? Maybe was that it has. A, yeah, that's another point. Was it a voluntary recall? Uh, well, I'm sure. Aren't all all recalls voluntary? No. I mean, so, like, when there was the baby shortage formulas. Those happened, I believe, because of FDA mandated recalls. Yeah, but the end consumer of any product, there's never been a law that said you have to return this product because of a recall. No, but there is, they can mandate that companies, um, like the the number one that comes to mind are like, uh, safety uh, recalls for like car manufacturers, where yeah. it's one of those things where um, you don't have to bring your car in because there's a 99% chance that your um, airbag is going to uh, deploy and kill you. But they are mandated by law to contact you and say, you need to bring your car in. This is very dangerous and we are going to exchange it, you know, make fix it for free. Yeah, sure. So that's, and a voluntary recall would be that they discovered this on their own without the NHTSA saying, look, you have to do this. Yeah. We all saw Fight Club. And that's what that, the narrator did was his job. And yet right? they're um, you guys quite, remember quite that happy. Thing? Oh, sorry, mate. What, what was that? Oh, I'm, so I'm just saying, Justin is describing the process. Uh, that the narrator's char uh, the character, the narrator from Fight Club, his actual day job was the the I don't, I don't know if you call it, it's not an adjuster, but the guy that calculates the risk of performing a recall versus not performing a recall in the car industry. And so that's kind of what this this here was not a CDC mandated recall. I guess the infamil people. Dis discovered there the was company a, a possible, yeah discovered it was a risk of this bacteria so they're initiating a, a recall themselves uh, I, well that's I, a point I, I mean yeah, I don't know whether that's a point or not actually but I'm just wondering if it's showing the um, equal power of a corporation to something like the CDC so that they have the power to recall just as much as the you know for in this example the health industry um, I don't know. I'm just sort of thinking about the whole fascism, you know, governments buddying up with corporations and they're equally as powerful. I don't know. Just an angle. But I'm just wondering whether they're going to be as diligent about recalling all the bugs when they've got the, uh, was it chitin? That, yeah, chitin, that ingredient right. in bugs that can set um, mm. people off that have predisposed allergies to seafood and things like that. Because I, I seem to remember it was about 18% of people or something in China died from reactions to that uh, yeah. so i'm just hoping they're going to be as diligent about recalling all their bugs when people start dying from chitin poisoning but i doubt it somehow yeah so anyway z must eat the bugs you must eat the bugs yeah i'm you just must... sort of taking you know talking about the how it's you know it's all this fuss over pretty much nothing and yet they're prepared to go ahead with something that's is actually yeah. A problem. Yeah. And, and you know, I already know about. I, I don't, the, the thing with, for me is if you're going to, you're going to, you're going to find these risks, you're going to notify the public, you're going to say they're extremely low, uh, but, you know, recommend, I, I, I don't know. Are, is Enfimo going to get their losses uh, subsidized in these types of things? I wonder. Because well, even if good point. even if they're not subsidized, they're one of what three companies in the United States that are allowed to actually distribute and produce baby formula. So even yeah. if they aren't hey. handed piles of cash, they're you know well, where the fuck else they are you? They should not go? be. They should not be subsidized because any business that's going to be in that type of industry should have insurance to cover situations yeah. as like this as that's, that's probably the, okay 
Okay. So I mean, I, I, they're going to have that type of business insurance that's going to cover them and their losses. Yeah, I don't mind businesses finding stuff like this. Even the vaccine thing, I, it, the, the, the biggest thing for me with the whole vaccine issue is that it was so heavily pushed on us and no, there was, there was no um, consideration given to the, and any other, arg, any argument anywhere near the vaccine, you know, there, it was just perfectly safe. Do it's not worry take it now. We're going to mandate it. We're getting close to mandating. Uh, oh, oh, so the numbers are dropping. Okay, we don't have to worry about mandating it anymore. And it was... I'll give you a foot tickle and $100 if you just take the jab. Yeah, yeah I, I just... It, it, but if, if they had said, we have this vaccine, it, it's worked in the trials, uh, take it if you think you need it. Here you go. We don't, we, you know, and then if you ask them, well, what are, are there any side effects? They, well, we haven't seen any yet, but we don't know, you know, there's always going to be, every medication has side effects, even aspirin well, and has side effects. You're not a ferret. Y yeah. So, I mean, if, if, if the, the government and the big pharma were more straightforward with this stuff, uh, I pro probably wouldn't have been pissed off about it. And there, there certainly wouldn't have been nearly as many people who ran out to get it. That's for sure. Yeah. You can, you can expect transparency from sociopathic, uh, godlike people. Yeah. Or beings that are trying to be God, the lowercase g, that are sociopaths and are, have a specific agenda. You can't expect transparency and honesty from them. Unfortunately, we'd like that. But, you know, you're in an abusive relationship with them. That's basically what it is. And not you specifically, but all of us. Well, I, I tore up my social contract years ago. I don't know. <laughs> that stuff that didn't change anything, but. <laughs> all right. So that's, that's all I got. Um, I think uh, we're going to wrap this up with Stella. She's got some interesting stuff to tell us. Yeah. I was just going to look up who owns in but, um, I'm not quick enough. <laughs> I think it's Nestle, but I'm not sure. Anyway. Wreck it. Wreck it? Is the name Wreck of it. Wreck it, Ralph. I'm sure wreck that. Okay. Well, anyway, this is uh, just a follow up, actually. Follow up story. Oh, first of all, I just want to quickly mention something about the news, <laughs> fake news. Um, pointing out thank you to Zwind. A little shout out to Zwind, who's on our. Um, um, Discord channel. Uh, I pointed this out because I, I actually put a, uh, I've lost it. I put a article up a little while ago, oh, a couple of weeks ago now, um, of a young guy that passed away. Um, and it was on Yahoo News, I believe. And uh, it had the date of the article was, I'm just trying to find it. Hang on, sorry. I had it and now it's disappeared. The data, date of the article was um, very recent, like I think it was January or February this year. But you know how when you post something, like you might send a link to someone or put it on a feed and you'll get like a little preview. So you'll, you might get a thumbnail or a photo and um, a little snippet of text underneath. So it might be just like the headline and maybe a little bit about it. And then you've got to click on to see the rest. So in those little preview snippet things, they usually have um, a date as well. And this particular thing that I put up, even though the article said it was know, February 23, the date itself was of the preview was 2018. So it's like, uh -huh. and the headline was, you know, young man unexpectedly dies. So it's sort of like you know, fitting in with the whole suddenly dies sort of thing. So I looked at the date because I always look at dates of articles to make sure that they're current. Um, but that, that caught me out because I didn't actually look at the date on the preview and he pointed, or Z Wind, I'm not sure, lady man, pointed it out. Um, so yeah, good one for noticing that. But yeah, it's just like another example of the absolute crap that they pull. Like somebody obviously forgot to change the snippet date. They're, they're just rehashing an old story because it fits the narrative. So I'm just pointing that out because people who might not really quite get it, that's what they do all the time. So yeah, you've got to be really careful about 
yeah, look at the dates and like who wrote them and all that sort of thing. We've said that before. Anyway, um, I'm just going to follow up to a story also that I brought previously, um, which I actually shout out to Monica Perez, our pod mother. She actually has um, posted this somewhere. I think it might have been Twitter or something as well. I sent this to her yesterday because she was talking about on her recent podcast about the Ohio disaster. And uh, she was sort of bringing it into the realm of tossing up what it's really about and that part of it might be about like um, transportation of hazardous materials and so that's what made me send her this story that I brought previously about the little radioactive capsule that went missing in the WA desert uh, Rio Tinto the large mining corporation uh, lost a radioactive uh, cap Western Australia correct yes I'm sorry <laughs> it's Western Australia not Washington <laughs> um, yep so apparently, like, it literally fell off the back of a truck um, as it was leaving the mine to go a 1,400-kilometre trek, which is 870 miles. Uh, this thing was the size of, like, a Tic Tac. You guys get Tic Tacs over there? Oh, yeah. It's mints. Yeah. It was the size of a Tic Tac, pretty much. So that it was literally a needle in the haystack situation, and everyone's just going, "Well, this is just going to be wild. They allowed five days to look for it. They actually found it. Within two days, um, they had quite a few personnel on the search um, and they brought in some radiation portal monitors and gamma spectrometry equipment, um, specialist gear, and they found it within two days. So assuming that nukes aren't fake and gay, um, it's quite possible that that happened because I have spoken to a couple of people about this and uh, with their very, very sensitive gear it's uh, mounted on a car because they had such sensitive gear they were able to up the speed of the um, recovery so they went from 10 kilometers an hour up to they were able to drive at 70 kilometers an hour um, so they found it and it was only 60 miles or something south of the actual mine um, which is where they started the search from so it only took a couple of days that's not really the sort of the sus issue but like even the experts are saying fell off the back of a truck here's the scenario this is a little thing that is normally sitting in a gauge that they use to check the um the density of iron ore so it's this little tiny thing like in a in a in a gauge which is when it's been transported packed into a box which is then packed into another box and often packed into another box so the fact that this thing worked its way loose through the vibration of the truck and fell out of the gauge and then fell out of a hole that a screw had fallen out of in the container and then off the back of the truck. Like people are just going, that's very hard to swallow. Like what the is going on here? Uh, so, yeah, that's the scenario. There, there's, there seems to be more focus on the fact that the hazardous material fine is only $1,000 for any company if hazardous material goes missing. So they sort of seem to be more focused on upping that. <laughs> but they're also, um, yeah, focused very much on the hazardous material transportation, going back to what Monica was talking about. So, yeah, that was just an interesting little um, tie-in. Like, I don't know whether there's other stories similar to that around the world. I haven't been looking. Um, it's quite possible something might come up. Um, but anyway, I'm just following up saying, yep, they found it. Um, no big deal. But nobody ate it or anything <laughs> that's what yeah. they're worried about as well that it would be ingested by an animal or... yeah um, so, well. so can i ask a question just as maybe like a recap uh what was it they're saying that crawled out of this truck or whatever it is what was the first bit jackie what, are, you, are you asking what the what was, object was yeah what was the object yeah 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 it, it's like a little you know, a Tic Tac, a little mint. Oh. It, well, it was, it, was uh, you know, it wasn't an actual Tic Tac. No. <laughs> it was a radioactive Tic Tac. Was it like, it was, like uh, a, it was some type of hazardous material that was that small? Yeah. Yeah. It was How a, was a, a radioactive even, pellet. It was a baby what? A radioactive pellet. How would yeah. they even notice that it was missing if it was that small? Be, well, it's it was a they use it to i think calibrate 
radiation sensors in mining equipment, something like that, right? Uh, so to, um, they use it to measure the density of iron ore. Uh, okay. The way that they found it, they didn't actually find it the day. They found it a few, that it was missing a few days later. So it was missing for, oh, I don't know, four or five days or something before, oh, or wow. at least a couple of days before the company found it and then probably missing for uh, five days or six days before the, it was publicly announced, which, you know, I kind of thought it was a little bit odd as well that it was even announced. I mean, isn't, does that, does it really have to? be announced like if probably it's not like the public can help look for it because they were saying you know if you find it which no one would don't go near it because within uh what is it within one you have to stay five meters away from it otherwise you'd mm. be receiving the equivalent of 10 chest x-rays in one hour so it was highly right. hazardous apparently um so yeah, yeah the big thing is just like how could this possibly have happened and um yeah, so whatever it is they're going to do to make sure that this doesn't happen again. But, you know, of course, there's a bunch of um, departments that are looking into all this. Departments I've never heard of. <laughs> well, I will say I see an awful lot of Amazon trucks driving around or Amazon vans driving around with their side door open. And I'm just sitting there going, like, I wonder how many things just, like, slide the fuck out. Flying out. Yeah, well, they say you know, that they, found... they transport this sort of stuff on a daily basis. So it's not like it's sort of something that happened and then, you know, once every year and then it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. so I'm not saying that they lose stuff all the time, but um, they transport this stuff all the time. So they're sort of blaming human complacency, but still, I mean, that's pretty damn, <laughs> you'd have to be an idiot mm -hmm. to be that complacent, you know? I feel yeah. personally attacked. <laughs> We our our neighborhood found a bag of Amazon packages, just discarded at the front of our neighborhood one time. Yeah. That it must it must have just fallen out the back of the Amazon truck. Yeah, literally. Or Did something good. I I don't I don't know. I think I wasn't there. It was just something I heard, you know, third hand. But uh, I'm sure Amazon was called and they gave it back to him or something. But it could have been, it could have been, um, you know, porch pirates collecting stuff, and then yeah, and it could also be bait. You've got to be careful what you pick up. I saw a, um, I saw a story very recently. Uh, I don't know where it was, but it was in the states um, of people picking up money. Like there's just notes being left on the ground, and but they're covered in, um, oh, was it fentanyl? That really problem oh, thing that's around. Yeah. Yeah, it's covered in fentanyl. So they're like a bait thing. So if you see any money on the ground, just walk on by. <laughs> yeah. Because be you could be within you know, 20, or, 20 or 30 miles of one gram of fentanyl and you will die. One microgram. One microgram. I also I, saw a... Right, a microgram. I also I, saw I a story a, that... A, sorry. I heard a story a couple of years Can ago. I go? <laughs> about... Uh, uh, a couple couple years ago, I heard a story about a guy out in China who uh, was shopping in like a, a market and ended up, you know, causing a global pandemic. So, yeah, you got to be careful what you pick up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also saw a story just recently, just to finish off. Um, it could be BS because, you know, most of it is. But uh, that the chemical that's coming out of Ohio, allegedly, if it is, um is one of the ingredients of fentanyl hmm. whether that's true or not but that's what the article said well if you guys want to have fun just youtube like these videos of cops that open up a trunk and then instantly pass out an overdose because there was a speck of fentanyl in the trunk and um as any educated person will tell you that's not how that works hmm it's yeah, kind, it's, it's not like standing like, around when they're um, burning off, you know, a crop. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah, friendly on those days. <clears throat> of, uh, a plot line from uh, Breaking Bad, because they had a big a train, full, a train car full of a chemical that they wanted to use to make the, the meth out of. Uh, I don't know. If, if oh, the one in, was Ohio, in Breaking Bad? Yeah. I remember so. that episode. 
Was and then show. just it was I've actually just recently I just started um The Sopranos for the first time. My yeah. wife's not a fan of it, but oh, it's pretty good so far. Season one still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just to close this out, if anyone is still listening, um, <laughs> Stella Stella reminded me when she said died suddenly. So I did actually buy the website diedsuddenly.wiki. So if anyone out there knows how to set up a wiki type site, I would love to like catalog all of the hashtag died suddenly in one place. Mm-hmm. So let us know if you can do that. Otherwise, I wasted seven dollars. Mm. All right. Does anybody could else have, have given any? that to Zelensky, man? <laughs> yeah, you can. Well, you could. You could probably sell it, advertise it, sell it. Good night. I'm going. Good night. <laughs> All right. See you later, Jackie. Thanks for joining us. Uh, <laughs> have a good night, everyone. We, uh... Yeah, we got we got uh how do we contact the unknowns union of the unknowns.com that our main website. Uh um, yeah, union of the unknowns uh, com to take us to our link tree. Uh rockfin.com. Uh, yeah, rockfin.com slash union of the unknowns if you want to check us out there. Uh, we also we also released a, a premium RSS feed uh, if you want to watch our content early. Um, that will be updated on unionoftheunknowns.com once I get to it. Other than that, uh, Union Unknowns Twitter, unionoftheunknowns at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Yes. And if you, you know, yep. Well, we'll have the links up in show notes and you guys can get our premium feed and have get to listen to or watch. If you watch us sit around here and fumble through these things. Um, you can watch our bonus content, which I think is pretty damn sweet. All right, so that's it. Uh, more to come. <laughs> more to come. Thank you, Stella and Jackie and Justin, for your uh, articles and insights, as always. Thank you. Thank you, Kale. And thank you, Kale. Ah, damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> that's fair. She is well, I'm what? ahead of time. I was just going to say, you're like 14 hours ahead of me. I'm just <laughs> we are the union of the unknowns thank you for listening we are out good night everyone love you guys not your mama's news has been a production of the union of the unknowns podcast new episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks The system works, people.